you were asked, who would you say that you were? There was um, a panel on questions of life a few weeks ago looking at self-esteem. And this whole idea of self-esteem, it centres a lot around how we think of ourselves and how we perceive that others see us. But today, I want to look at how one specific person does see us. Not our perception of that, which can be very different depending on our self-esteem, but what he actually said about us and how reminding ourselves of and grounding ourselves in this can make us um, move from thinking unhelpful thoughts about ourselves to thinking about him and living in light of what he has said about us. I'm going to touch on five names that the Bible uses for God calling us his disciples and what he calls us. Firstly, he calls us friends. In John, he said, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. He chats to us and we can chat to him and he calls us his friends. What a privilege that the God of the universe calls us his friends. There's a song that I love and part of it goes like this. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a privilege to have a friend like that. And then secondly, he calls us his children. In 1 John, he says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, his children. Our parents, whatever we might think of our parents here on earth, they might be great, we might not think they are so great. But this is a parent who is perfect, who is good, who is constantly loving, who protects us, who cares for us. And what's more, because we're his children, comes on to the next name um, used for us in the Bible, co-heirs. In Romans, it says, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And so there's this other side, the side of responsibility. We're his children, which means we're his heirs. But there's a responsibility that comes with that. We share the burden that he shares with us. And becoming his heirs means that we have a responsibility to care for what we are going to inherit and what we have inherited. Um, and so it gives us a purpose. It gives us something to be using our lives for and to be aiming towards. And then it says in Ephesians, for we are God's masterpiece. We're called a masterpiece. Whatever we might think of ourselves, he has made us as a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. How does that change how we view ourselves? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. He has this purpose for us and he didn't make us any old how and he didn't make it just so that we can more or less do it. We're a masterpiece made perfectly for what he's planned for us to do. And then lastly, in Revelation, we are called his bride. 
It says, let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honour to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself. We, the church, are the bride. And this isn't any old lover. This isn't any old groom. This isn't one that we want to stand up at the altar. We want to be prepared to meet and be married to this groom because he is a lover that always cares for us, that never lets us down, that protects us, that gives us something to fight for, that gives us purpose, that is constantly loving us despite our faults, despite us letting him down. Whatever romantic uh, films or novels or whatever it is that you've watched, imagine the people on there that someone falls in love with, but take away all their faults. Get all the things that you wish for in someone who um, would love you and it is him and he does it perfectly even better than we can imagine this is a groom that we want to be prepared for and so we are preparing ourselves for him he calls us his bride and all this thinking of all these different names for ourselves would be very self-indulgent and centered on ourselves if we weren't to keep in mind another truth that we've all fallen short of who God made us to be. We've been disloyal friends to him. We have been disobedient children. We've been irresponsible heirs. We've caused damage to his masterpieces and we've been unfaithful brides. So none of this is to say that what he says of us should make us proud of ourselves in our own right. Rather, it should make us proud of him who, despite our mistakes and our shortcomings, still loves and values us, still wants to work with us and through us and still wants us to be valuable players in his kingdom. In order to create a healthy self-esteem, I think it's invaluable to cultivate a healthy God esteem or as it's called in the Bible, a fear of God. Having a healthy God esteem brings confidence, it brings life and it keeps us from wandering off and taking in the unhealthy things that come from basing our purposes, our self-esteem, who we are on the wisdom that we get bombarded with each day from other sources. In Proverbs, in the message version, it says the fear of God builds up confidence. The fear of God is a spring of living water. So you won't go off drinking from poisoned wells. This is the kind of confidence we want. How can we steep ourselves in knowing God and learning to esteem him highly? How can we take priority the fearing of God? over the fearing of other people, of situations and whatever the world chooses to throw at us today. Let's have a think about that. Maybe make some changes so that that can become our priority to esteem God higher than anything else that we might fear. Maybe chat to a friend about it and decide to check up on each other and see how each other are doing so that we might be a people who grow in confidence and have a spring of living water bubbling up throughout our lives and that affects how we treat other people all because we have a healthy understanding of who God says we are and above all who that means that he is.